This morning we invite you to Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42. We're going to read the first nine verses for your hearing. Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 9. Behold, my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth. And the owls shall wait for his law. Thus saith God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will uphold, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the blind, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare before they spring forth I tell you of them. May the Lord add His blessing to the reading of these verses. This morning we want to continue on with that of our study here in Isaiah. And our study brings us to chapter 42 here this morning. The passage which is before us is one of several other passages which are found in the book of Isaiah that are called the Servant Songs. The Servant Songs. They're called the Servant Songs because they all speak of a servant. The other passages are found in chapters 49 50, 52 through 53. There are four of these passages. Some have even gone on to say that there are five, including that of uh, Isaiah chapter 61. But the general uh, view is, is that there are four, and these chapters that I have mentioned are the ones where these passages are located our focus text this morning is going to be verse number one of our passage. It says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to 
the Gentiles. The first thing that you'll note here in that of our text is uh, the text speaks of a servant. Behold my servant whom I uphold. Now if you were to go to the other chapters and the passages, you would also find the same similar phrase, my servant, in those passages. The subject this morning is, Behold my servant. Now as we consider our passage this morning and the subject which is before us, the first thing that I would like for us to do is consider that of the context uh, leading up to our passage. Now, the general context uh, is what we covered last Sunday in chapter 41. There are three sections to Isaiah chapter 41. Three scenes as we uh, set before you last Sunday. Scene one is the nations and their idols on trial. The second scene is the judges' chambers, or as we said, we might would call it a recess. And then scene three is the nations and their idols once again uh, in that of the courtroom and the concluding verdict. Scene one is the courtroom and there is a question that is debated in the courtroom. The question is, who is in charge? Who is in uh, control? Those who are addressed in the very beginning of chapter 41 are the islands or the surrounding coastal countries or nations around the Mediterranean. Those countries that would have been nearby uh, the area that we know, know that Israel uh, and Judah occupied. These are Gentile idolatrous nations. And they are commanded in the very beginning of chapter 41 to be silent. As I said, it was as if the Lord was saying, order in the court. They're in verse 1. A question is raised in verse 2, and this is where we get the question uh, that is being debated. It's not exactly in the words that I stated earlier, who is in control, and yet the question is actually raising that idea. The question is, is who raised up the righteous man from the east? And the answer to the question is found down in verse number 4, where the Lord answers, I the Lord, the first and with the last, I am He. In other words, I'm the one who raised up uh, this one from the east. Now, as we said last week, that one that was spoken of was none other than that of King of Persia, Cyrus. The, the king who would be the next king over the nation that would be a superpower at that time and would bring that of the Babylonians to that of their knees. 
and would take over as the supreme superpower. And in so doing, they would uh, give deliverance to the Babylonian captives, the Jews, and they would be allowed to go back to their homeland. So that's the first scene, sort of what, sort of in, in verses one uh, through, I believe it is uh, seven of that chapter. The second scene picks up with verse number eight, and we titled that as uh, the judge's chamber or the recess. And in 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 that passage, we have the judge or the Lord Himself, and we have the Jews, and the Lord speaks words of comfort and encouragement unto them there in Isaiah chapter 41 in verses 8 through 10 let's read I'll read those verses he says but thou Israel art my servant Jacob whom I have chosen the seed of Abraham my friend thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men thereof and said unto thee thou art my servant I have chosen thee and not cast thee away fear not for I am with thee be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. You know, uh, the Lord addresses uh, the Jews as Israel, uh, my servant. And as he addresses them, he speaks words of uh, comfort, words of encouragement reminding them uh, that He is their Redeemer and that He has not uh, forgotten them. The last scene in the chapter, the court is back in session. The nations are called to set forth that of their case or uh, their answer to the question, who is in charge? But as we look at those verses, we see that the nations are silent. They don't have anything to say. For the Lord has already made it clear as far as the answer to the question. In verses 28 and 29 of that chapter, it says, For I, for I beheld, and there was no man, even among them, and there was no counselor, speaking of these Gentile nations, that when I asked of them, could answer a word. Behold, they are all vanity. Their works are nothing. Their molten images are wind and confusion. In other words, these nations, they were powerless. powerless. They were helpless. They, they were vain, empty. Their idols were useless as we come into the chapter which is before us in verse number one we have these words behold my servant whom i uphold behold my servant whom i uphold now the question Or the statement raises questions. Who is the speaker here? Who is the audience? 
Who is this servant? These are questions that immediately rise up that would come to one's mind as one would read these verses. Who is being spoken of here? And we want to consider those questions this morning. First of all, the speaker. Who is the speaker here in our text? Well, as we consider the statement, Behold my servant whom I uphold, the actual statement, we don't have any information given to us as who is speaking here, per se, as far as immediately speaking. The verse verse doesn't begin with, Thus saith the Lord. The verse doesn't end with a, Thus saith the Lord. So, how do we determine then the speaker? Well, let me remind you of something that we need to be reminded of. That is, as we consider the text before us, the Bible is broken down in chapters and verses. Isaiah is broken down in chapters and verses. However, the scroll of Isaiah was not broken down in chapters and verses. Sometimes that presents a difficulty when we think of that of chapters and verses. Chapters and verses, don't get me wrong, uh, are, are helpful. But when it comes to interpreting the Scriptures and answering questions with regards to the Scriptures, we need to be mindful of the very fact that the Scriptures were not in chapters and verses in the beginning when they were given. We considered the context of our chapter And as we did, we saw that there was a speaker, several speakers actually, back in chapter 41. One speaker didn't say, I guess you could call it a speaker, it was the audience, the captive captive audience, the, the nations, They didn't say a word. And then there was Israel. The Jewish people. They didn't say a word. Did they? And then we come to verses 1 through 7. And what do we have? We have the Lord speaking. Actually, all throughout chapter 41, we have the Lord who is speaking. If you know back in verse number 4 of Isaiah chapter 41, Who has wrought and done it? 
Speaking of the raising up of the one back up in verse 2. Calling the generations from the beginning. I the Lord, the first and with the last. I am He. So, as we consider the question of who is the speaker, as we look back in the context, we have the Lord speaking through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 41. And as we come into chapter 42, there is no reason for us to believe that it isn't the Lord that is still speaking here in the verse that is before us. Who is the one who declares, Behold my servant whom I uphold. As we look forward into Isaiah chapter 42, down in verse 6, it says, Thus saith God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein, I the Lord have called thee. As we look at verse number 6 here and the first part of verse number 7 in our chapter, I believe it's very clear that the Lord is the one who is speaking and verses 5 and 6 makes that very, very clear. Someone might say, well, verse number 6, the Lord, I the Lord have, or verse, verse 5, thus saith God the Lord, that the he goes on to give a description of himself in the latter part of verse five. And he does. But you note down in verse six, he goes on to say, I the Lord have called thee in righteousness. In verse 6, he is speaking to someone. And I would suggest to you that the someone that he is speaking to is none other than that of the one that is spoken of in our text as my servant. My servant. Now let's think about the description for a moment that is given to us by the Lord Himself of Himself. As He describes Himself, you note there in verse number 5, He says, Thus saith God the Lord. You note the word Lord is in capital letters. And we know that tells us that the Hebrew there is the name that is given to God. That God gave him, and God says, is my name. Jehovah. Jehovah. He says, thus saith God, or El, the powerful one, the Lord, Jehovah, 
And then he goes on to say, He that created the heavens and stretched them out. There's a description. He is the Creator. He's the one who created the heavens. He's the one who stretched the heavens out. I'm reminded of the past passage where it speaks of the very fact that at the end He'll take and roll up the heavens as a scroll. You know why He will? Because He's the one who stretched it out. He's the one who stretched out the heavens. You know, He goes on to say, He that spreadeth forth the earth and that which cometh out of it. The, the land as we know it. The earth. And the mountains. The vegetation that comes forth or that came forth from that of the earth. He's the one who stretched it forth and brought it all to life. He goes on to say, He that spreadeth forth the earth and that which cometh out of the out of it, he that gives breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. He's the one who gives life. He's the giver of life. This is the one who is speaking. This is the one who says, Behold, behold my servant in whom I uphold. Then in verses 8 and 9, we have some additional words which describe the one who is speaking. He says, I am the Lord that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. The one who is speaking, he's not going to give his glory to another. He is indeed glorious. This one who is speaking, this one who is described here in that of our passage, who is the speaker here. And we do well to take heed to that of what is declared here in the very first verse. Behold, behold my servant. Now, having answered the question, who is the speaker? Let's consider the question of who is being spoken to. Again, we would say to you that as we consider our text, behold my servant whom I uphold, we don't have really any information in the text itself to tell us who, who the Lord is speaking these words to in the actual text, verse number 1. However, as once again we looked at the context 
In the immediate context, we have the nations. And when I say the immediate context, I'm talking about chapter 41 and verses 21 to the end of the chapter. We have the Lord calling upon the idolatrous nations to set their case before Him. To answer the question, who is in charge or who they think is in charge. And of course, as we said, they don't have a word to say. But there we have an audience. And it's the Gentile nations, the idolatrous Gentile nations. Before this, in verses 8 through 20, we have the Lord speaking unto Israel, whom He describes as my servant. So here we have another audience. And you know, as we think of that audience, We've told you in our study of this second division of Isaiah that Isaiah is prophesying in lieu of the Jews going into the captivity, the Babylonian captivity, being taken captive by the Babylonians. He's prophesying in that of his day and the Jews that are in existence in that of Isaiah's day, they have not been taken captive yet. But in time, that will take place. So, this group that is spoken of as Israel, my servant, they are Jewish people. We could say that it was the Jewish people of Isaiah's day all day, and we could also say we can also we can also say it's the Jewish people that was going to be in Babylon at the time of the captivity, towards the end of the captivity. Because for both groups, the message of Isaiah forty two is for them. So the audience is that of the Jewish people. It's that of those Gentile nations of the Gentile world. Behold, my servant isn't just for the Jews. Isn't just for the Jews. Now let's consider last of all the servant himself. Behold, my servant whom I uphold. He is the one that is right dab here in the picture. He is the main one that is in the picture here. That is said before us. Who is this servant? Let me just say to you that the phrase my servant has been used several times in the book of Isaiah already up to this point. The phrase has been used in regards to the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 20 verse 3, it says, And the Lord said, Like as my servant Isaiah has walked naked and barefoot three years for a sign and wonder upon Egypt, Egypt and upon Ethiopia. So Isaiah is spoken of as my servant 
in Isaiah chapter 1. One by the name of Elohim is also spoken of as my servant. In Isaiah chapter 22, verse 20, And it shall come to pass in that day that I will call my servant Elohim, the son of Hilkiah. David is spoken of in Isaiah 37, verse 35, as my servant. And then last of all, as we come to chapter 41, Israel is spoken of as my servant. In verse number 8 of chapter 41, it says, But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. So we have a slew of individuals who have been spoken of as my servant up to this point. But as we come to Isaiah 42 and verse 1, the phrase is used again, but there is no Isaiah my servant, or Elohim my servant, or David my servant, or Israel my servant in our text. So the question is, is how, how do we know who is the servant in our text? Of the ones spoken of as my servant, the one which stands out of those that we've mentioned, the nearest one to that of our passage is Isaiah 41 verse 8, that of Israel. The Lord addresses Israel as my servant. Text goes on to say, whom I uphold. In Isaiah 41 verse 10, we have these words. Fear not, thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with thy right hand of my righteousness. Sounds interesting, doesn't it? Sounds, it sounds like that maybe that the one who is being spoken of in our, in our text is the one that has just been spoken of back in Isaiah 41 by that of what the Lord says unto Israel. In verse 13 of that same chapter, Isaiah 41, we hear the Lord say to Israel, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. And then in Isaiah 42, verse 6, which is the chapter we're in, the Lord says, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will uphold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles. Here again, we have seemingly statements that are made, descriptive statements. One in particular that I will hold thy hand that seems like it would indicate that Israel is the one who is being spoken of in our text. 
The text goes on to declare, Mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. There in verse 1. In Isaiah 41 verse 8, we have the Lord speaking unto Israel, and He goes on to say, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. We know from earlier verses in the Old Testament, Israel is the chosen people of God. As a nation, they are a chosen nation, a chosen people. Our text also goes on to declare in verse 1, I have put my spirit upon him. Speaking of that of my servant. Now, as we come to this statement, I looked through Isaiah 41, and I also looked through Isaiah 42. And I don't find anywhere where there is a statement made in Isaiah 42 that is similar or in Isaiah 41 that is similar or anywhere else later on with regards to Israel. So this raises that of a flag, so to speak. As we think about the question, who is my servant? Also, you you know, he goes on to say there in verse 1, He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Again, there is no statement with regards to Israel that Israel would do this as a nation. Remember the Jews, they hated the Gentiles. So, for those two reasons, we have to kind of put Israel on the sideline. So the question again, who is the servant? Well, we would say to you that there's another possibility that is also raised. And it's from Isaiah 41. And it has to do with that of the one who's, who's raised up from the east and who's going to come from the north. And we've already stated and pointed out that this is no other than that of Cyrus. But again, as we look at that of our text, it says, Behold my servant, the one who is spoken of in Isaiah 41, coming from the east and coming down from the north, He is never spoken of as that of My servant. However, what is interesting, later on in Jeremiah, Nebuchadnezzar is spoken of as My servant. Nebuchadnezzar who came down and took Israel away. Took him down. Just thought that was interesting. As we think of the one from the east, coming from the east and coming down from the north, Cyrus. For the very reason that he is not designated as my servant anywhere in Scripture, we have to put him off the side. 
even though he is in that of the context there. And some might would say, well, perhaps he's the one. Well, who is this one then? Who is this one that the Lord says, Behold my servant in whom I uphold, mine elect in whom I delight. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. We would say to you that the servant is identified. And 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 it's as we come to the New Testament that we see clearer. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 9, if you want to turn there. And when he was departed thence, he went into the synagogue, and behold, there was a man which had his hand withered, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days, that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep? And if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then saith he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored like as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him, how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. And he charged them that they should not make him known, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold! My servant in whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. We'll stop there and not go on and read anymore. But the first four verses are spelled out there in Matthew chapter 12. Identifying the servant as none other than that of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to quickly close and we will have time later on this afternoon to go on further. But what I want to close with is this, that little word in verse number one. Behold. Behold. Look. Look. My servant. It's an attention getter. That word behold. And all attention is called to be upon this one who is described as my servant. Who we know in the New Testament as none other than that of the Lord Himself. The one who healed the blind, the sick, the lame. The one who gave His life that we might have life. The one who rose from the dead and who who was victorious and who is seated now in heaven at the right hand of God. This is the one who is spoken of in our text. 
And let us behold Him. Let us look, beloved, and look with that of the eyes of faith, trusting in Him. I would say to you in closing this morning, it's in, in and through the Lord Jesus Christ and only in Him that we have the forgiveness of sins. That we, as sinful human beings, we have all of our needs met. Beloved, it's in Him. Alright, let us stand and we'll have a closing hand. We're just going to sing Amazing Grace, the first hand. Thank you.